Rich cats give them belly to bats Rock bottom tombstone and a sunset flip So I need you to teach me that No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap Moonsault sharpshooter and a F-5-2 So I need you to teach me that You know when I heard about um, Raw Underground I immediately thought about like um, Was it Underground Nation? Or whatever, or what was that band that made the raw theme for between like 2002 and 2004? Oh, oh my god, the yes. music, play the, play the, music. the Union Underground. Union Underground, there we go. I got immediately excited, and I'm just like, oh, this isn't one I thought at all. This is a fucking, like, this is a letdown. This is a tease. Is, I mean, I might have teased myself more than anything, but this is, this is not when I first, expected. When I first heard the name Raw Underground, I immediately thought, oh, so they're appealing to necrophiliacs. What? Raw underground. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Not that you got the joke. You're going to get beat up by a bunch of corpses and you finally go belly up. <laughs> Fuck you, that's funny. Oh my God. Welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling Podcast. And this is a very apropos title. I am Matt. I am Don. Um, first and foremost, before we get started with the show, a very, 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 very huge thank you to Mega Rand for our new intro. Um, yeah. Yeah, it fucking slaps. Um, yeah, as the kids say, it slaps. It's a bop. It slaps. However, yeah. however, you, however you want to say it. I like to so, say it fucking rocks. It, yeah. I... Uh, you know what's funny is that I, um, you were the one that actually introduced me to Megaran, both his music and the person. Um, yeah. I had listened to Megaran maybe like a couple weeks before All In 2018. Um, and then when we went to uh, the PWT store that weekend, he just happened to show up like out of nowhere. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, and like it was funny because at first I was, he was just, he was just like, oh my God, that's for Megaran. And he, and like, you know, he introduced us. And then after like, Loki, I was just like, I'm sorry, how the fuck do you know him? Is that your cousin? Like, Donald? Like, <laughs> He's like, no, it's that rapper guy. Oh, okay, my bad. He's like, that's all right, the dude who does the wrestling and the nerd fucking raps. Yeah, he but is yeah, a he, core rapper. He's um, a really fucking cool dude. He was uh like the main like act at um at the all all the all in uh event that we went to at that uh arcade. Uh, and yeah. he's just super fucking talented. I, I, I'm a really big fan, and I'm really happy that um, he was gracious enough to let us use his song. Um, so, yeah, for those who don't know, the song is called Sunset Flip. And if you heard a little bit of that, you heard of, might, you might have heard a very familiar voice in there. That is Austin Creed, a.k.a. Uh, AKA Xavier Woods, a.k.a. AKA Consequences Creed. Creed, yep. <laughs> I was going to go there and you beat me to the punch. I um, honestly, like, if I ever meet him, I want him to tell me it's time to face the consequences. Oh, my like, God, that's, yes. That's how I was introduced to him in TNA. And that's honestly, like, how much I really, I really like Consequences Creed. I remember, like, around that time, I was, like, really bummed that he and Curryman and, like, those kind of other, like, you know, people didn't get a bigger push, as, uh, you know, as they say now. Yeah. Um Oh yeah, he was most enjoyable. That's why, like, it took me a while too when I saw him in WWE. I was just like, why does he look so familiar? I was just like, oh, because he's not like decked out in like red, white, and blue. He doesn't look like fucking Apollo Creed. 
Um, but yeah, just again, huge, huge thank you to Megaran. Um, you can uh-huh. buy the Sunset Flip through his actual actual online store at Megaman at MegaranMusic.com, um, or you can get it packaged with Ages, which is one of his uh, albums. So it is a bonus track on that album for Ages. So if you like look for Ages on Spotify or anything like that, the Sunset Flip doesn't show up on there. Only when you buy it directly through. Only when you buy it directly through Megaran, or you can, like I said, buy it individually through Megaran's website as well. It is a dope song. Megaran is a dope, 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 dope rapper and just all around. He's a dope human being. Yeah. Yep. He uh, every time, every time I've seen him live, like I've seen him live every time that he's come through Chicago, and like it's it's crazy because like you know he just automatically like knows who, he recognizes all his fans like no matter where they are. So it's crazy that like, you know, he's just like, he's such a good guy. And like for someone who has such a huge fan base to like recognize all his fans, wherever he goes, it just speaks volumes to like the type of person he is. So. And that, that support him. yeah, go, please go support my grand. And yeah, like you said, like he, he really understands what it, it's like to, um, to give into the fan service because like, he's obviously a big fan of wrestling and, He's given a lot and gotten a lot from uh, the wrestling business and the wrestling community. So I think it's really neat of him to um, to give that respect back to the fans who um, who are really loyal, uh, like you, um, for when he ever comes, whenever he comes around, or you know, just buying his stuff. He's a really dope person. Um, yes. So uh, I'm I'm happy for uh, him and all this because I really want, and I don't know if you listen to the the New Day podcast, um, but I really want that song that he made for Kofi's entrance for WrestleMania. Oh I my need God, to hear yes. it. Yes, I need to hear that so badly. Like, I want to hear it so badly. He just finally, so he was, he actually did a song for All Out last year that never got used. Yeah. Uh, and he just recently released it. Oh, uh, okay, nice. Yeah, it, it, it's really, really good. So I'm assuming it's just a matter of time before he can release it. Well, that's the thing is that, from what I understand, is that I think technically WWE owns it. Ah. Okay. So it, that might be one of the things that never sees the light of day, or it might not, you know, be released until like a long, long time from now. Because yeah, because that's that's what he wanted. I'm not sure if Kofi commissioned it, or I don't know if WWE owns it. That was the thing. I don't remember. It was a, it was a few weeks ago too that I heard that they had mentioned it again on their podcast. Um, I would assume I think it would be like. A situation similar to Downskit when they did the uh, radio song for Zack Ryder or when they did Redesign, Rebuild, Reclaim for Seth Rollins. Because, like, it never got used by WWE, but after... But they downstreet put it on there. Yeah, yeah. They, they released it, yeah. So I would assume it's Probably. a situation similar to that. I think the part Hopefully. that, like, got me emotional and that makes me really want to hear it was uh, knowing that Kofi's mom does, like, an intro to it. Um, nice. I totally stopped that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you totally did stop that. Sorry, I want to put it over <laughs> my sister. I hate using inside terms because we're not technically part of the rest of this, but my sister makes cookies, and she uh, isn't actually, like, a really good baker. She hates usually doing art and anything creative because she's like, I'm good at it, but, like, I don't like doing it, but uh, she's actually good at it. So, uh, for listeners, new and new and continuing listeners, um, this is going to be more of a relaxed episode. We're going to do news later on this week. Yeah. 
because there is a lot to talk about this week, especially fucking Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so programming notes. Um, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to churn out at least two episodes a week. Um, and that's, you know, it's going to be a little hard for both of us. Um, Donald with him and his new job. He just really recently got a new job. Congratulations to, to you, Donald. Um, and me with work and home and school because I'm trying to fucking transfer already. Um, and that's something I've been working towards for a while. Um, of course, Donald has his own personal stuff. But that's not to say he doesn't. So, But we're going to try to do it for uh, you guys but um, as well as for us because we really do uh, like we really like doing this podcast. Um, it's a source of fun and a source of enjoyment for both of us. Um, so, you know, we want to try to get the most out of it by giving you guys the most out of us. Um, and uh, I didn't mean for that to sound as dirty as it does, but it's true. Uh, so we're going to do um, these really, these might be released staggered or they might be released as they're recorded. We haven't necessarily figured this out yet. So you might get this before the news. You might get this after the news, but once a week or twice a week, we're going to get episodes one week. It's going to, or one of the first episode is usually going to be the news. So we do a communicative um, episode about all the news that's happened throughout the week and the weekend. Um, and that's going to drop either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on our schedules, but that's always going to be consistent. And then the second episode, we're going to do something a little bit more lax, or we're going to cover a uh, show that's going to have an anniversary of some sort, whether it's significant to the wrestling world or if it's significant to us in our, um, in our lives. Mostly because we, if we enjoyed it or we just have a special like connection to it. But the thing is, is that we're going to give you guys a choice to vote on what we cover first. Um, so Donald and I are going to go through the shows that we want to cover in the month. And uh, on our Twitter and our Facebook, we're going to put up a poll about which show you guys want to hear about first. So the way we're going to do it is the show that has the most votes is going to be covered first. And then everything else that we cover throughout the month is going to go from most to least. So if you want us to recover, rec- uh, go over like the Royal Rumble 2001 the most and like, you know, Royal Rumble, like, you know, 1996 or something on like that gets the least amount of us, that one's going to be the last of the month. So uh, you will see that on our Facebook and our Twitter. Uh, real quick, we will plug that. Our Twitter is TNDW Podcast on Twitter and our Facebook is what, Donald? It is TNWD Podcast as well. So you can go to facebook.com forward slash TNWD Podcast. TNWD? TNWD. Or sorry, TNDW. I am. There we go. Way out of it today. I was just like, I swear to God, Don, if you set up that Facebook wrong, <laughs> I was going to be so <laughs> mad. You I was in fly- a. You would fly to Chicago with the Rona just to beat the shit out of me. I would wear like six masks. <laughs> I would fly in a hazmat suit just to go and kick you square in the dick. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, an old, like I'm an old man already. And like when you added, me, you added me as an admin, I was just like, how the fuck do you post on this shit? Like, how do you fuck do you share anything? And then like now knowing that you could have set it up wrong, I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's basically how this is gonna work. But uh, so Donald, what are uh, Donald? What are we covering today? 
Today, we are actually going to do something that we were trying to do a long time ago, but because of the news cycle that was the, the, the news cycle that is 2020, we never got around to it. Yeah, uh, we had done the initial interview with Donald back in what, February, March? March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like the beginning of March before the whole epidemic, pandemic yeah. happened or, or actually set in for the U.S. Uh, and this is something, yeah, we were supposed to do like months ago, but unfortunately we never got to it. But now we will. So, Donald, what what, what are you doing? What, what are you, uh, you going to be? Uh, I'm actually going to interview you. <gasps> and I'm going to pick your brain on some of your... Uh, on on some of your background we're going to talk about my favorite subject me <laughs> you ever see you do you remember that tweet i don't know how old that tweet is but it's that bird it's that the iron bird or whatever and that tweet is just like uh i am uncomfortable and we are not about me <laughs> i have not seen that that was me as a tweet like or at least sometimes i don't know it feels like it's a house I, I do but, i do talk a lot about myself but before we get into that as well um, so if you guys are not familiar, we use Anchor FM as our kind of platform for distributing our podcast. Mm. And, uh, one of the nice things they did for all of their podcasters now is they've added an option for listener support. Um, so if you like us, you can throw <laughs> us a bone your way just by checking out Anchor FM. Um, we'll have a link for it as well within our within our show but uh you see a sponsor yeah and by supporting us uh please know that your money will go to uh opening a casino with nothing but uh blow and booze and strippers all right forget the blow all right forget the booze <laughs> just, just, just strippers it's just gonna be strippers. uh no um just know that it won't go up our noses literally or figuratively yeah, um no. any any especially for don uh any of the money that you go to support us will help us actually grow this podcast we do have a lot of uh, plans in store for the podcast in order for it to yeah. grow um and also you'll help us with things like paying for um uh costs to run our blog which will be coming up within the end by the end of the month uh new recording equipment because lord knows um our audio isn't the best yeah um so uh, you please know that we will use your money wisely and in the best way possible. Um, yep. And you can donate. There's three options that you get to choose from. It's 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99 a month. Pretty reasonable, less than two cups of coffee a month. It's less than two cups of coffee, and you don't have to sit through a fucking Punjabi prison match. Um, yes, you can listen exactly. to us be idiots. Yeah. Or you don't have to, if you didn't like Monday's Raw... You don't have to sit through another Raw Underground, or you don't have to sit through a Raw Underground pay-per-view. You don't have to worry about Generation Me spiking your Red Cup drink. Oh God, look! You look. We're gonna have a lot to speak about that on, like, on <laughs> yeah, tomorrow we'll, we'll, or Thursday. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that on on later on this week. But well, wait, real quick. Just I know we'll talk about it later on, but like, really. You're going to drug somebody in 2020. Not only are you going to drug somebody in 2020, you're going to look Here's, like Homeboy had a heart attack on TV. Like, I saw a lot of people saying that they got Eddie Guerrero vibes. Oh, my God. It, it, no, I think the way it felt for me was, like, I got Eddie Guerrero and fucking 
Like I got Eddie Guerrero vibes from like you know his his kind his death, but like it also gave me like Bill Cosby vibes because I was oh. just like, oh. Or uh, well, I'm like like this like this show literally had Jerry Lawler have a heart attack on camera, and like they didn't show that, but like you you're gonna show somebody get like roofied or whatever yeah. on tele- like what does that even send? As a message, yeah. like, well, fucking hell. It was here, here. We are playing the morality police. Us of all people. Us of yeah, the the two worst people in the with world. The little, with the literal moniker of the natural disasters of wrestling. When we like, have you know, judging when, you. When we have the moral high ground, it says something. Yeah, that doesn't happen often, yeah. especially with Don knowing Don. Fucking especially. Don I am Christian AF. <laughs> God, you're like, yeah, you're Christian AF during the Crusades. Uh, just... <laughs> I am Christian AF during the anyway. position. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyways. Anyways. Let, let's talk about you. Let's talk about oh. you, good sir. Uh, <laughs> so... When did you get into rest or when did you get into professional wrestling? Uh, I made my debut. Oh, no. Um, I don't know. Like, I was thinking about that. Um, and I usually, like, going back and listening to older podcasts about older shows, like, wrestling has just always been a part of my life. Um, it's literally, like, one of the main reasons my dad and I are able to bond so much. Um, like, I know my dad used to, quote-unquote, buy – WCW pay-per-views and WWF pay-per-views when um, when that was a po- when that was possible back in the 90s. So like uh, my earliest memories were of the NWO and the Wolfpack and you know Ministry of Darkness and being scared of Gangrel because I didn't know any better at the time, you know stuff like that. So it's just it's just always been a part of me. It is literally probably a part of my DNA at this point. Did you think Gangrel was real? Um, I didn't know what to make of Gangrel. I didn't know he was a vampire. I just, I didn't know, I didn't know what to think of, like, the the, the red strobe lights and the music. Because, like, he, like, I was, what, like, six at the time? Yeah, that's all about right. So, I, yeah, so I didn't know. It wasn't until I was, like, 12, I was just like, oh, is this what I've been missing out on? Um. So growing, uh, you were more of a WCW person back in the day, right? When you were growing yes. up. Yes. Um, there, so, yeah. I have a, I have a poster when I made in like the first grade, and like, um, rest, like you know, like things I love, and it's just like, oh, wrestlers, and like my favorite wrestlers were Sting and DDP and Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash, and then like I think the only like WWF people I had were like The Rock and I think like Stone Cold, obviously. I mean, yeah, those are the two obvious ones. Yeah. Like, it's so weird that you say that, though, because, like, so my my very first girlfriend growing up uh-huh. was, like, a huge Sting fan. And I would give her, like, so much shit because, like, I was just like, I was like, oh, man, he's washed up. Like, we're talking crusting, right? Yeah, we're talking crusting. We're talking, like, we're talking, like, NWO crusting. Mm, wait. Like Wolfpack scene or like just black and white for your early crow scene? E, like Wolfpack scene. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people have 
varying opinions on wolf acting. I love wolf acting. I love the yeah. wolf pack in general. And like how people describe the wolf pack as like your little little sister's NWO. I'm just like, first off, fuck <laughs> Second. Like, I, I would have say NWO of 2000 is uh, your little sister's NWO. Yeah, yeah. yeah, your little sister's NWO. Anything yeah. with Jeff Jarrett, don't trust. Yeah. I mean, well, TNA from 2002 to. Um... <laughs> look. People would give a lot of flack for T- for uh, Jeff Jarrett for uh, crowning himself as like NWA champion during during the, those first couple of years of yeah, TNA like seven times. No. Yeah, but he needed like to be fair, he needed a champion that he knew was going to be there all the time, and who else was going to be there all the time but him? He needed somebody that everybody knew, he knew everyone was going to hate and don't want to going to want to see the downfall of all the time. That's true. And yeah, trust me, I hated Jeff Jarrett in those early TNA years. Is it because he hate him now, still? Is it because he's the term slap nuts? Oh no, slap nuts is funny. I didn't realize. I didn't know about slap nuts until like way later. I mean, you were a six at the time, so like, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what was the first wrestling event you went to? Um, I know it, but the date. I always get confused of. It was SmackDown at the Staples Center. Um, I want to say in October of 2000. I don't necessarily remember. I the like I have pictures of it, but they don't have dates on them. Uh, I just remember that um, the main event was The Rock versus Stephen Richards when Stephen Richards was part of the RTC. Mm-hmm. And like after the cameras went off, um, The Rock brought in that one dude from the Green Mile. Um, the oh, um, the dude who was the prisoner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what his name was, but I remember that happened. Um, and then like yeah, the so it, was... it was it was the Duddy Boys versus um, uh, Lowdown and Kane versus uh, Kurt Angle. Um, I remember Jericho's fireworks like being ridiculously awesome. So that was actually I'm pulling that up. You know what's the best part about having uh you know what's the best part about having ex- mm. team T Mobile internet? Mm. Nothing. I mean I have my own Wi Fi, so Frontier is actually pretty dope. I actually like Frontier. I like my Wi Fi. So that was actually in that was in uh Oh my gosh! There's they apparently they fought a lot. Jeez. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh. Way. Yes, I love this dead silence. Yes. What what sure better way? What better way to have a podcast than dead silence? So I was about eight years old. Yeah, two thousand. I was already eight years old. Um, I got one of those like one of those foam hand things, but it wasn't a hand. It was the that Brahma Bull logo with the rock, and I still have it. I still have it in the garage. Really? Um, yeah, and like that was like that was like the peak of my wrestling fandom, especially for the WWF. Um, because like I think that same year, my dad got me the elbow pads, the rock elbow pads, and I still have those. And then he got me a pair of the rock sunglasses, like, you know, from WWE shop, WWF shop. I'm like, I know those I broke. 
this was broke a long time ago, but the elbow pads I still have and that hand sign, that foam hand sign I still have. Um, the elbow pads do not fit anymore. They do not fit whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and that's not that's not me bragging about how big my muscles are. No, 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 no. No, I'm just um, how you say fat. So um, that was in September 28, 2000. Okay, okay. So I'm off anyway, but whatever. Yeah. I was eight. What the fuck? What do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just I'm just time dating this for people. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's right. I remember fucking. That's when Al Snow was doing like his different gimmicks when he was coming out as like a different nationality, which obviously would not work now. That would like, not work at all today. He came out as like some dude from like Japan or something like that. Like, that oh my good. God. That would not work today. Oh yeah. There's... He had the, or either Japan or China. I don't remember. He had the hat like that, that, that tippy hat or whatever. And he was throwing out fortune yeah. cookies, I think, or flowers. I don't remember. God, there's so much stuff from 2000, like from the 2000 attitude era that would not fly today. Oh fuck no! Like, oh. Uh, although if you think about, it, although if you think about it, like you know, uh, DDP's debut into uh, WWE uh, paved the oh. way for Dexter Loomis. That what? I said DDP's intro into WWE really yeah. kind of paved the way for uh, Dexter Loomis. You know, I was thinking you were talking about him driving the honky tonk man to the to the ring, but no, you're talking about the stalker angle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot you about that actually. Dude, I could never forget about that. Every time I go back and watch that, I'm just like, oh, look at there's that there's a fucking yoga dude. There's a man so, that would that, there's a man that would have one of the greatest matches with uh, Randy Savage, like years oh, yeah. later. Yeah, one hundred percent. 100%. Okay, so now, did you get the chance to go to any WCW events when you were younger? No. Um, WCW is mostly like a southern uh, eastern based uh, they, thing. So, they, did, they went to Vegas a lot. Yeah. I know that. They came to Chicago a lot too. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, either my dad didn't know or I just, we just never really heard about them coming out here because obviously the person that took care of that was my dad. But by, but like around 2000, 2000, 2009, that's when I started going towards more WWF. Yeah. Um, which is why I went to SmackDown as opposed to like whatever Nitro or Thunder they were doing. So. Um, but I always, I did want to go. I, I always wanted to go. And I, like, you know, if I could go back in time, I would still totally go to like peak 98, you know, WCW. Especially with the NWO, because like I've always been uh, a big fan of the NWO. That would like, I always wanted to go to a WC. Like I was never a huge fan of WCW, uh-huh. but I always wanted to go to a WCW event when I was younger because uh, it was as a kid it was much much closer than where WWE goes to. Uh Because uh-huh. WWE, like they'll say Chicago, but it's really a town called Rosemont. Yeah. Yeah. Like an hour and a half out of Chicago. So, whereas WCW was at United Center where the Bulls played. So, like, I knew where that was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember any of that out here. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, that's, how, that's how I remember uh, WCW as like an Eastern Southern company. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely more of an Eastern Southern company because, I mean, they had 
they had places like uh, the Chattanooga. Nassau Coliseum, Chattanooga, Tennessee. As that's why every time I was just like, I think it's, I hear Chattanooga and I think, oh, WCW's in town. <laughs> uh, so now, did you, you, you mostly like with most uh, fans of wrestling, did you have any lapses between? Yes. Um, 2010 to 2000, I want to say like towards the end of 2013 is when I had like a really big lapse with WWE and that's around the time I started getting into, well, that's when I started going back and watching old uh, WWF. Um, so like a lot of stuff through the Attitude Era. So just kind of like rewatching stuff and like trying to find a lot of streams of a lot of like original recordings of it because like obviously if you go to the network if you go anywhere else it's they're like they they kind of like re- like to retell a narrative or they like they like to take out a lot of stuff um they're obviously not that proud of um so like i was going back and watching that that's when i wasn't really watching the current product or i was getting into i was really getting into ring of honor around that time ring of honor um a little bit of tna but that's when tna really wasn't at its best either um, and that's around the time I discovered New Japan as well. Um, and that, New Japan is obviously a lot harder to get when you're an American, um, yeah, and especially yeah. before the New Japan world and stuff like that. But just anything else that was around uh, America and independent wrestling, that's when, uh, I, at least that's when I discovered my love for that. You see, like, yeah, that I mean, I would, I'm surprised, like, because, well, in the early 2000s, early 2000s, like evil, even into the mid 2000s and essentially late 2000s, or late 2000s as well. Like it's always kind of uh, for indie scene, it really didn't boom until around the mid 2000s. Yeah. Like here, so like here in Chicago, there are so many indie events that like you could go to. Yeah. Like, it is. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine like was, I know Chicago's always been a big wrestling city, and um, you know, just places that aren't Los Angeles are usually bigger wrestling cities. Which is weird because you would think with LA, like you have, I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan, Sting. Uh, those are two big names from the LA scene. <laughs> <laughs> did you just notice it or did you just, just give in for those listening which is everybody changed, yeah so for those listening matt changed his uh, we're we're on zoom doing this and uh he changed his background to a casting couch <laughs> i don't know why i didn't do this sooner <laughs> I don't know why either actually. I'm wearing shorts but they're not that short, but they're gonna come off anyway, so <laughs> that's how these work. Look, we're not we're not Alabama cousins. This I'm isn't the Alabama in, This I'm isn't the get, Alabama Slamma con, con podcast. You mean I'm not getting in an Alabama hot pocket? No, you're not. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm actually surprised like the LA didn't have as much of a big indie scene compared um, to 
Well, it's really hard to get into wrestling in Los Angeles. Like, if you ever see any of the, or even if you haven't come out to any of uh, Los Angeles, like, big wrestling shows, it's really hard to find um, people that really get into it. Like, when I went to SmackDown, and when I went to, well, when I went to SmackDown uh, for their Fox premiere, and when I went to NXT for War Games 2, um, there wasn't really a whole lot of fan participation and reaction. And I don't know if that's more of, because of WWE's product, or I don't know if it's just because fans out here are a lot quieter. Because, like I said, I made this comparison when we did the podcast, like, going to All In, like, it felt like one huge community. It felt like one huge party. As opposed to out here, it just felt like you were just kind of watching a show um, rather than, like, you know, this was for you. I haven't, yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's a little hard to explain, but... Um, no, oh, no, I, I, totally, I totally get that analogy because, like, even just from, like, for me, like, I went to uh, No Way Out, I want to say it was 2002, mm-hmm. which was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the uh, debut of the NWO. Yeah. And even then, like, even then, it wasn't, like, it was nowhere near as loud as, you know, it was nowhere near as loud as, like, Chicago shows. And that's yeah. only, like, that's not even that far. Like, Milwaukee is literally a two-hour drive from Chicago. Yeah. So. And that's why you most probably have those accents. Yep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly, that is exactly why. That's funny when your accent slips out too, and I'm just like, hee hee hee, did the thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, when we, when we went into All In, it felt like 10,000 people felt like 30,000 people. Oh, dude, it was, uh, it's night and day compared to a yeah. WWE event, and that's just not us shitting on WWE. We're, we're like, we're, we're, we're being as honest as we can and we have footage of just how many fans like you know of how much participation how many people were cheering how many people were standing how many people were yeah. you know get showing their love for what they were watching and again that's not something you always get for WWE for, from WWE or give to WWE because you feel you're not you, you as fans know you're not getting everything that you should be from a WWE show sometimes unless it's like the main event or unless they really want you to, to feel an emotion of some sort and it's it's just so weird and kind of sad um, because if it's WWE, you would think like you know more people would be having fun. Honestly, like when we went to Fox, like obviously people were we went to the Fox debut of SmackDown. Um, you know, uh, there was a little bit more excitement and a little bit more like you know uh, rowdiness from the fans <laughs> because it was what? until that last eight minutes. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah, because, like, you know, you were seeing a bunch of legends, you were seeing a bunch of people that you don't normally see, and everybody was were on their feet for the Kofi-Brock-Lesnar match, and everybody wanted to see Kofi beat Lesnar, but, like, you know, once those last eight minutes, like, you know, the air fell out of the room, and then everybody was, like, fucking confused when Velasquez came out, because everybody thought it was just, like, you know, Dominic on <laughs> steroids, and... Everyone was like, damn, Dominic got jacked. Literally, dude, everybody's just like, what the, is that Dominic? Like, we were so fucking confused. Like, just everything, like, the end of that show was wrong. And, like, the fact that they didn't do a dark match to send everybody home happy because they supposedly thought that, you know, seeing uh, Velasquez punk out Lesnar was going to send us home happy. Like, Which is, I'm actually really surprised you guys didn't give you guys a dark, a dark match at all because. I, I think we were supposed like, to get a Fiend dark match. And that's what yeah. really like bummed me out because the fiend had been doing dark, a lot of dark matches around that time. Uh, and so I was like, I was not only really surprised, but I was really bummed out. More so like I'm, I'm actually surprised that you guys didn't get a dark match because like 
what time is that in LA? Like that was like six o'clock, seven o'clock. Um, yeah, something like that. No, it was two hours, seven o'clock. Yeah, so yeah, it ended early. Yeah, like when Maybe WWE. Other... <laughs> Sorry, go on. When WWE comes here to Chicago, like for Raw, for example, like Raw finishes at ten p.m. over here. Yeah. And then we they still give you like a dark match. Um, like for example, when like SmackDown would come through here, you know it would. This is like when they would still record on Tuesdays and what when they went live on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, like you would still get like an hour after that show, so 9 p.m. You were still getting you were still there to like 10 p.m. because there was filming. They were filming 205 Live or they would film, you know whatever. Yeah, we didn't even get 205 Live. We didn't even yeah. get 205 Live. Yeah, that was interesting. Like. I'm surprised they didn't film anything for main event, nothing like that. And I think that was a last minute call too, if I remember that they decided just to rerun a 205 live. Now, would you say that is the worst wrestling event that you went to in your lifetime? Um, yeah, but it's not like, it's not like it's the absolute worst. Uh, I did have fun. Um, like I said, it was just nice to see a whole bunch of people in here, a bunch of songs for myself. Uh, or, you know, experience a bunch of interests for myself. Uh, it was just obviously those last few minutes were really disappointing. Uh, and then just everything afterwards. So in hindsight, it makes it even more disappointing. But, um, yeah, I'd say that was, that, was, that was pretty bad. Now, what got you back into professional wrestling? Like, what's the biggest thing that got you back into professional wrestling? Are we talking about WWE or what do you mean? Because like I, st- oh you you are still never technically record. left. Okay, um, I mean like what made you expand your horizons out of, outside of the the bubble? Um, it's a little bit of a complicated answer because like. Uh, there's different times where I really felt I needed to expand what I was watching as far as wrestling. Like I'll I'll go as far as like 2003, 2004 when uh, when Impact was still on FSN on FSN. Um, like I remember seeing Jeff Hardy versus somebody just randomly, and I'm just like, what do you mean Jeff Hardy? And like I remember watching Impact from then, and then just being more interested, and then being introduced slash reintroduced to people like Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper. Like I remember. Roddy Piper making his Impact debut for the very first time and just being super excited about that because, like, I was always aware of Roddy Piper, but I was still too young, uh, even when he was in, like, WCW. So seeing him in TNA was always interesting and piqued my interest. So stuff like that, seeing people like AJ Styles in early TNA, um, America's Most Wanted, uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin before they were the guns. Um, you know, a lot of part- – three life crew. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, just seeing what TNA, other companies other than WWE could offer, and even at the time, like there was a lot of bad in TNA. Like in any company, there's a lot of weird stuff in wrestling, um, but there was also a lot of good. So I remember uh, latching onto that. Um, going into like the early 2010s, like again, like just being kind of bored and not really, uh, not really latching onto what WWE was offering at the time. Like that's again, like that's when I started going to ROH and that's when I started uh, looking elsewhere and just, you know, it, it was just a bunch of different things. It was mostly just like a lot of highlights. 
because at the time I didn't really know who um, I was going to be into. Like I remember seeing uh, Brian Danielson on ROH TV when ROH was on HDNet. And I remember that like really piquing my interest, seeing Kenta for the first time in ROH. And this is, this is like way after obviously CM Punk and stuff like that. It was already in WWE, but just seeing people like that. Oh, um, Claudio Castanoli, Kenny King, um, you know, just seeing again, like what was out there, but wasn't huge. And I like, that's when I think I really became a big pro wrestling fan because like I saw basically as far as production value, something really stripped down, but I was, that's when I was able to actually start appreciating the craft and the art form that is professional wrestling. Very good. I've, so one of the things you mentioned is TNAL because our truth was like, so Ron Killings, we'll, we'll go call him by his actual name. He actually started out in WWE as it's K quick. quick. Yep. Yes. I remember that. I remember being into uh, K quick when he was with road dog. And so, yeah, he's paired with Road Dog, and then one day it was just like he disappeared. And he just disappeared off the screen. And then that's when he showed up into TNA's Ron Killings. Yeah, Ron the Truth Killings, yeah. And uh, what's funny is, so I have a quick funny little story about that. So this was maybe about 2005. Yeah. And uh, my best friend, Matt, so you know he knows some he knows some a little bit about professional wrestling not too much like Mm -hmm. you know he knows the he knew the wwe product and like he was get he got an autograph by uh kurt angle at a comic book convention and oh really yeah it just so happened that it just so happened that our truth was like our ron killings was standing right next to him yeah ron killings asked him hey do you want an autograph and he's like sure and he was just like so he brought the autograph home and this was before I became friends with him like a year later is when we became friends and I, I went to his house and I was like looking at all his autographs I'm like oh cool I'm like you got a, oh that's pretty awesome you met our troop you met Ron Killings it's like you met yeah. Ron Killings and I'm like that's pretty awesome I'm like that's pretty awesome like did he rap and then he's like he's like honestly he's like I had no idea who the fuck he was <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that sucks <laughs> he's like I just he's like I just didn't want to feel, him to feel bad about that like taking the autograph <laughs> Your friend is nice. Your friend is a nice person. <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing. I'd have been like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" <laughs> and so I was just like, <laughs> I, I just I facepalm myself for like thirty seconds, and I was just like, "And you're the smart one out of the two of us." Oh my god! And it's a former NWA champ. Yeah. So now. Through your lifetime, I mean, I'm assuming you've had favorite wrestlers throughout your whole life. Do you? Yes. Do you have? Do you associate one with specific parts of your life? Um. When I was younger, um, obviously The Rock. I was a really huge fan of The Rock. Um, and like I said before, DDP. Um, I was a huge Hollywood Hogan fan. Um, when I was younger, when I was a little kid. Um, and that's like, and you know, NWO Hollywood Hogan. I had no idea of like, you know, the eat your vitamins Hogan. Eat your vitamins, brother. Yeah, like for all for all for all I knew, like Hogan was always a heel. Like that's what I was the Hogan that I always associated with when I thought of wrestling. Um, and then one day you see him on fucking 
one day you see him on WWE TV wearing fucking bright ass red and yellow. Yeah, with the red and yellow, when he was doing the whole Mister America shit, and just yeah. like, oh, okay, well, this is interesting. Um, uh, when I was like adolescent through teenage years, um, I mean, obviously, it doesn't age well, but Benoit was honest was honestly one of my favorite wrestlers uh, at the time. Then obviously everything happened. I had to drop that. Like I had a bad habit. Um, yeah. Rock was still one of my favorite. Goldberg. I still really liked Goldberg at, even after when he came to the WWE. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I mean, I want to say Jericho now, but in, in hindsight, I was just so annoyed by Jericho because he was just a swarmy little shit all the time. Oh, Cena. Cena was a big one when he was coming up. And then like, uh, as I've gotten older, like, you know, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, uh, Okada. I mean, I love, Oka- I appreciate Okada. I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite wrestlers, but I appreciate Okada. Naito is actually, one, is actually somebody that's grown on me a lot. Um, fucking uh, CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know CM Punk is one of your, is one of your, your faves. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think I, I, I would say like early CM Punk. Like I would say like when he made his debut in ECW, yeah. CM Punk was like that was my absolute favorite CM Punk. I so I have two versions of CM Punk that I absolutely fucking adore, and that's mm. when he made his debut on ECW, and when he was doing the Straight Edge Society. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. See, that's when I stopped watching. That was around the time I kind of stopped watching. Yeah. Straight Edge Society CF Punk is like one of my favorites. Like, it was just, it was so perfect, especially like after he got his head shaved off, he yeah. wearing a mask for a while. So like, London and Kendrick, London and Kendrick are a big uh, favorite of mine, and I'm surprised they didn't get. I'm like, I'm sadly they didn't get a lot more uh, opportunities, yeah. but they were really fucking talented. I really loved uh, London and Kendrick when they were big. Did you ever see uh, Total Divas when nope. when uh, Brian Kendrick was? Nope. 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 I never watched all of you. Was I nope. trying to? I, yeah. I just. Why? Uh, what did Kendrick do? So uh, WWE had Kendrick train Eva Marie. Oh yeah, I heard about that. And uh, like he was trying to show her, like like he was trying to teach her how to do a finishing move and how to set up a finishing mm-hmm. move. No. Kind of finishing move she wanted to do. She's like, well, what's your finish, finishing move? And then he did. He showed her the slice bird number two. Yeah. And she's like, well, she's like, can I do that? And just like the look on his face. <laughs> the look like, on his face. Like, how dare you? <laughs> like, Dude, how dare you? That's one of those things I don't get about WWE. It's just like, keep kayfabe. But they have total divas. But yeah. they have total bellas. Uh, they have tough enough. Uh, they do this. Uh, they do that. Like, and like we'll talk about it more on on Thursday. But uh, this is like oh, yeah. raw underground is just one of those things where it's just like, what are you doing about? What does this say about the rest of your product? Where you're saying these fights are legit? Yeah. Like, that's no, actually yeah. We'll talk about that more later this week because a sorry. lot of people brought that back. <sighs> a lot. Like I I've been listening to a lot of podcasts today just specifically because of, of Raw Vera. Like usually my so my commute to work I usually listen to music and I just like all all day today is just nothing but nothing but that. 
Um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, so what, what would you say is your favorite match of all time? Uh, that's actually kind of tough. Uh, cause like there's a, there's a lot of matches. I, I love to go back there. I love to go back to, um, like the forbidden TLC is a favorite. The forbidden uh, TLC? So, or the forgotten TLC, I should say, because that's the one with Jericho and Benoit versus the Dudleys and the Hardys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think ENC, yeah. Because that was in Anaheim, and I think that was the one that we were that we were, were going to try to go to. Um, it's the one where Devon almost died. Um, yeah. And, like, that, like, that's always been one of my favorite ones. I remember um, we, in my mom's old van, um, we used to have... Uh, uh, like TVs that we would tape, that we would like wrap around the headsets to you know watch stuff on the road, mm-hmm. and I would carry my wrestling DVDs around in there. And I had the 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 first um, volume of the greatest ladder matches in WWE, and this was before the whole Benoit shit happened. So like they had that TLC match on there, and that's one of the DVDs that got that got stolen because somebody uh well somebody accidentally left the fucking car doors open to the van, and so somebody stole the TVs and all my DVDs and uh like maybe like a couple months later i was walking around uptown uh, by my house and i was going to a pawn shop and i saw the dvd and i'm just like and i bought it instantly because i'm like fuck i want that match because like we're never gonna see that gary never gonna get that match again um except maybe on a network or if they haven't scrubbed it yet um and like to this day i wonder like did i buy my own dvd back or did i just buy another copy (laughs) You, you probably um, bought another copy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm starting to think I bought my own copy. My, I bought my copy back. Um, but that um, Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome at One Night Stand 2005. Oof. Yeah. I rec- I recently showed my girlfriend uh, that match because she was stuck in the car with me for a couple hours. Uh, so, um, but that's always a fun match. Um, and especially looking back at a lot of those chair shots. Um, those are kind of uncomfortable, but I mean, it's still a really good match. They're um, super, super uncomfortable to watch, but like, God fucking damn it. It's like getting a tattoo. You know it's painful, but it's actually really, really fun. Um, that, um, you know, Zane versus Nakamura is a yeah. obviously popular answer, but I mean, that match is just, you know, really, really good. So how can you, how can you blame anybody for that? Um, I think those are like my main three. Um, Goldberg versus Hogan. Uh, when Goldberg won the title from Hogan on Nitro, um, because I was uh, I was a big Goldberg fan uh, too at the time. And so I'd say those are like my top four, but just mostly uh, Tanaka and Awesome and the uh, and the Forgotten TLC are the two that I usually go back to when like I want to feel like. Uh, not happy, but just like you know, when I feel nostalgic, I guess. Now, do you have any pay per view? Do you have any pay per view match or any wrestling match in general? Just just made you absolutely fucking cringe. You know, it would be easier to list the matches that didn't make me cringe. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll skip that then. <laughs> um honestly like i remember watching 
the SummerSlam where Cena beat all the Nexus. Mm-hmm. I remember that, that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the, like that moment was when I actually got really mad at wrestling. Like I remember the, like being ridiculously pissed off. Um, that um, anything. I don't say anything to do with Stephanie McMahon, but like a lot of her matches kind of made me cringe. Um, and not because of like, oh, she's bad at wrestling. It's just like, uh, I've never, I've never like liked the character in the ring as much as I do outside. Yeah. Or, um, you know, that's mainly about it. I think like a lot of the, the women's matches in the early like 2010s, like all that stuff I didn't really care for unfortunately like apologies to those women like I know a lot of you like you know worked hard to get better and stuff like that but just for like a while I just did not care it wasn't anything that I liked um, I'm trying to think of something you see for me it was when Brock when Brock Lesnar did that uh, shitty star press ooh Oh, we're like, talking about. Oh, we're talking about like. Oh, you when you saw something, you were just like, "Oh, that looked bad." Oh, I thought you yeah. meant just like, "Why am I watching this?" No, 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 no. Like, okay, you should have made that a little bit more clear. Sorry, my bad. Like, cringe is just like, "Ooh, fuck, that looks horrible." Um, when Benoit did that suicide dive to Booker T and Booker T oh, moved, and yeah. He, yeah, he hit the announce table. Yeah. Um, uh, when Bob Holly got that huge gash doing from that table spot in ECW. Um. Anytime Jeff Hardy jumped off something really, really big, uh, especially at WrestleMania um, 16 or WrestleMania 2000, when he did the Swanton to Bubba on like the the entranceway, yeah, and you could just see his like butt and tailbone just hit the fucking concrete. Oh, um, oh. oh especially, and I know this is the the Hell in the Cell that not a lot of people talk about, but the Hell in the Cell between Cactus Jack and and Triple H when. Um, when triple when he when he was about to pile drive Hunter onto the flaming barbed wire, and then Triple H back body dropped him on like you know through the cage and through the ring. Mm-hmm. So like obviously knowing now the cage and the ring were gimmicked, but still like that still makes me cringe. Yeah. Um, I think those mostly. Oh um, no! Remember um the one that uh Impact just put up when um when Phoenix. Tried doing a uh, Spanish fly to yeah. uh, Santana or Ortiz. Yeah. Which one was it? Santana or Ortiz? I think it was Ortiz. But Yeah, and his body just didn't do the flip. It, he almost landed straight on his head. Yeah. That, I hadn't like cringed like that in a while. That like that was legitimately one of the moments where I'm like, oof. Oof. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, I can't play this at work. I know you're interviewing me, but did you ever have a moment where you felt sick to your stomach watching wrestling because you were just like, why is this happening? And that, I don't mean in the embarrassing way. I mean, like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I'm watching somebody do this. Um, yeah. So, Joey Janela and uh, Joey Janela and John Moxley come uh-huh. to mind. Oh, from Fighter Fest? Yeah. And uh, even Mox- Moxley and Omega. For me... Uh, Funk versus Sabu in that barbed Ooh. wire match. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when they had those ECW um, like a compilation on Netflix and WWE used to be on Netflix for a yeah. cool minute and that was the first time I ever saw that match and like I literally had to stop a couple times because of Terry Funk screaming and then seeing Sabu's bicep cut. 
Oh, oh, oh right? you know, no, you know, I can't remember, I can't remember who it was, but when you, I know it was in WCW where uh, a dude broke his fucking ankle. Sid Vicious. Yeah, Sid Vicious. When he broke, when he broke his leg, when he tried to do that single, like, drop yeah. kick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I, 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 I nearly fucking threw up when I saw that, because I, I saw that live, like. I, re- I remember seeing that live. Oh, no, yeah. I was, like... I was listening to um, uh, Shivani's podcast, Sonny Shivani's podcast, and there, somebody asked a question about that. They're like, what was the backstage reaction? They were just like, panic, and just trying to get me to play it off like nothing happened. <laughs> I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> literally, somebody's leg just like, literally went like in a 90-degree angle. Like, how do you play that off? <laughs> and, and, like, his, his leg went in fucking two different directions like yeah oh. i think any, watching anything botchamania kind of like has like desensitized me a little bit um i don't remember i don't know what promotion it is but the homeboy that like he had somebody on a table and he climbed up and up and up and then he tried to do the elbow job but just completely missed the table and landed on the concrete yeah oh my oh. god i remember seeing that and just being like why do i watch this why do i why do i do this to myself and, but it was cute because the dude that was on the table like played it off as like he still got hit and like rolled off the table. I think like watching Superhuman shit show also has desensitized me to a lot of stuff. No, see that's different. That's just uh, that's just a dude doing random shit, not even for the sake of a match, just to be like, look what the fuck I can do. Yeah, it's, uh, that's totally different. Like that's like jackass level shit. That's not even wrestling. <laughs> But hey, pays his bills, I guess. More than we can say for us. I don't know. I don't think I'd ever put myself through that just to. No, God, no, God, no. Like, I don't, I don't take a shit for anything less than front row seats at WrestleMania. You, you hear that, folks? For the low price of ninety nine cents a month, you can make sure that we don't do this to ourselves. <laughs> yes, we're gonna. Oh my God, we're gonna put on Facebook Live, <laughs> and it's just like I'm gonna, go, I'm, I'm gonna get like into myself close to these thumbtacks on my back if you don't, if I don't get like ten subscribers today. Come on, don't do this to my back. Don't do this to my back. Oh, oh. Oh. It's like a it's like a reverse like dom submissive thing where it's just like yeah. pay me to not hurt myself, not pay me to pay hurt me. myself. Pay me to not hurt myself. Pay me to not hurt myself. Pay me to not hurt myself. Ah! <laughs> and then all of a sudden we get paid more. <laughs> it's like reverse psychology. Yeah. Oh, oh. And that's why we have the casting couch. Wow, one of us. Um. So. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I'm running out of questions, man. It's, it's so weird because I can usually think of stuff up in my head. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Uh, do you have... Okay, you know what? Here's, I think, the last question. Or one I'll make it easier questions. for you. I'll make it easier for you, too, because it doesn't just have to be wrestling-based. Because like, yeah. I think last time I went like uh, a little bit personal, too, on yeah. you. So it's just whatever you feel uh, what you want to ask. Okay, so outside of professional wrestling, what else? What else are you very passionate about? Um, Kevin Smith. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, we 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 know I'm a really huge fan. Anybody that knows me for any period of time knows I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. 
that I'm a really, uh, I, I just like learning and I like learning in ways that aren't necessarily traditional. Like I, I, I can tolerate school, but it's just not as fun. Like actually listening to people talk is always fun, which is why I love podcasts. I love listening to stories about whether it be wrestling or just entertainment in general or just something that somebody's passionate about. I love doing that. Like those, like so even some of those like, like those murder mystery uh, podcasts or like, you know, have you heard that one about the band Scorpion about how the CIA kind of like used them to write a song about a P, like, you know, uprising and that, yeah. that's how they turned it. Yeah. Like shit like that. That's super fucking interesting. And it was because these guys just like wanted to do a podcast about it and kind of like talk about it more. Um, have you ever listened to a podcast on the left? No, that I've been meaning to listen to though. I heard it's really good. Yeah, you'll love it. I'm a really huge uh, music fan. I listen to all kinds of different kinds of music, Uh, even country now. I used to be one of those motherfuckers that'd be like, I listen to anything but country. Kind of listen to a little bit country now, um, but it's just not something that uh, I grew up with that much uh, because I don't live in the fucking desert and that's not the only thing I have to listen to. so I love music. I love uh, fucking with like DJ uh, software. Um, I play the guitar. I play the violin in school, and I I try to pick it up here and there when I can. Um, reading, writing. I'm an inspiring writer. I love writing when I uh, get the chance to. Um, video games. I love a whole bunch of shit. It's so it's so weird because me and you are so much alike, and we didn't really like we never really like got to know each other until we're a little bit older in life uh, a lot of bit older in life yeah you yeah. and me were facebook friends like for the longest time and like we didn't meet until 2018 yeah um but even then like before like we would talk like uh, here and there about wrestling a lot and like it just kind of like no. built itself we first, up we first met in 2017 because we went to New York. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Two thousand. We first uh, like physically met two thousand seventeen. Yeah. That's right. Two thousand seventeen. But before that, we had been Facebook friends for like years. And like it was funny because like I got like the Facebook. Like I remember like when I got the the Facebook like friend request from your mom, and I was like, Dad, who the fuck is this? Like, oh, that's your aunt Donna. Oh, okay. And then I got it from you and Sophia. Who the fuck are these people? Oh, those are your cousins. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like I guess. You're like okay, you know, whatever. Yeah, you and your sister are the only family that's actually stuck, aside from maybe, like, one or two other cousins. <laughs> like, it, for me and you, it's so much easier because we're we're so much alike. Like, we we listen to a lot of the same stuff. We, I mean, we love a lot of the same stuff because I'm, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan myself. Yeah. And, like, I mean, if, if he dropped his pants down and said, suck my dick, I'd be like, yes, sir. Bro, when I went to movies... Like I got, I got ready to go to movies. Like I got, like I get ready to see my girlfriend on special occasions. Yeah. Like I shaved, I showered, I put conditioner <laughs> in my hair, I put on cologne, and my friend was just like, "Wow, you look really good." I was like, "Bro, I even washed my face." Like if I see the man and like I get a chance to like go down on him, I'm not, like I'm not gonna pass that opportunity up. That so that actually reminds. We'll we'll give a little bit of history with our Kevin Smith experiences. Um, so for example, when we first met in 2017. It was actually to go fly out to Jersey mm-hmm. to, to hang out for my birthday there. Like, we have an uncle yeah. out there. We have an uncle out there, and we ended up getting a... Shit face. Yeah. <laughs> shit face, really shit face. <laughs> Every night. For like three days, yeah, straight. Oh, my God. 
like it is the best the funny part about that is like i thought my mom was gonna get pissed at both of us because we're like every day we were getting shit faced did i tell just like she was like oh are you guys having fun yeah did i tell the story about on the podcast about when we all got shit faced i think that was like the second (laughs) to last night we were there (laughs) no you didn't we didn't okay so so we went to so we we went to uh jersey and we went to new york city and um the first night we we when we flew into jersey donald and i we were planning to go out but we just completely knocked out yeah because we were just tired from traveling and shit like that and just travel from a couple days before when we were in chicago still um but like i think it was either like the last night or the second to last night it was you or uncle robert uh your mom and me and we went to uh it was one of the halloween parties yeah it was uh, it was like the night we, we started, started we went to that at that cemetery cares. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then we went to like we we basically bar hopped around. Yeah. Um and so at first uh your Robert ended up with your mom and you and I went off on our own. And yeah. we ended up at that bar that was that like I don't know, like it was just this dive bar that you and I had been going to, so we ended up there. Lucky's and Lucky's. Yeah. And so like we were there and maybe it was like midnight, one o'clock and your mom finally calls you and she's like, Where are you guys? And so she comes in with Robert, and, like, your mom's kind of buzzed at that point. Yeah. But then we all keep drinking at that bar, and so we close it down. And then, like, we're walking, or, like, we're trying to go back to Jersey. We're going back to our uh, Airbnb, and then we're like, oh, we're fucking hungry. So we find this little bodega, <laughs> and we get, like, really shitty fried chicken, and I forget what else. And we're in, you know, we're in the Airbnb. Rob drops us off at the Airbnb, or I think, I don't remember if Rob was still there. Rob was still there with us, so, like, yeah. he came up to eat with us. And so, like, <laughs> and so we're eating, and we're all still pretty drunk. And your mom is, like, talking to me, and she starts crying. She gets all really emotional. And she's just like, Matthew, like, I really love you, and I love your dad, and I love your family. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, and Donna, I love you, too. I love you guys, too. And, I, like, usually I get emotional, too, but I wasn't emotional. I was just like, oh, my God, this is glorious. <laughs> and that was in the, it was in that moment I was just like, oh, I need to sober up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sober up so I can remember this properly. And like in that moment, uh, like your, I think your mom was still going on. I was just like, I texted your sister, and I was just like, hey, I just want you to know that your mom's really drunk right now, and she's going on a diatribe about how she loves me and my family. I just want you to let you know because this is really cute. <laughs> oh, it was so fucking hilarious. It was, yeah, it was so it was hilarious. That whole week was like a lot of a blur. <laughs> Yeah, that's what really endeared me to your mom. Though. Like, that's what really like that's the closest I felt to your mom. I was just like, oh. Like, so, aside from the part that she like you know flew us out and shit like that, just yeah. like oh, like this is like I was just like okay, like I, I keep I'm a keeping. little more a little more background to that it was it was my birthday week, so we wanted I, we I wanted to remember st- nothing. Yeah, I kind of started this tradition of going to New York every year because I loved it there, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, yeah, I want to celebrate my birthday there, and. uh so night two we were there. I night two when we were there. I remember that. Uh, like like, I, I remember some stuff. One of the first things I remember was we. So we were out, went out drinking here and there. Like we started out by uh, drinking in this in New York City, and then we went huh. back to Jersey, and then we kind of finished things off at Lucky's. And there was this there was this girl bartender there named Jamie. And uh, and it's funny because so my so rob introduced us, us to her <laughs> and uh i like i remember <laughs> I, I remember this so vividly like this sobered me up so quickly 
So, you know, I was looking at her. I was like, oh, let's talk to her. Like, he's like, oh, Jamie, this, this is Don Don. This is Jamie. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, you're really cute, but you have my dad's name. And she's, uh, like, she's like, that's okay. You can call me daddy, too. I remember that. <laughs> just like nearly spit out my beer. <laughs> All three of us at the same time were just like, we were just like, oh. And it was funny because like you were like trying to hit on the bartender. And like, you know, I was kind of there and I was still like in my awkward phase because like yeah. I was still like, but yeah, believe it or not, my awkward phase, I was still in my awkward phase when I was 25. Um, but like I was just kind of hanging around and I was kind of buzzed and like, me, I find the one gay in the bar, and we just start talking, and I was just like, oh, that's the most fun I've had so far with a complete stranger here. <laughs> I was watching this man who try to get whatever he was trying to get. I, I mean, so she, like, because, you know, she was, she was talking cute. to me. Yeah. She was cute. She was talking to me, and, like, I, I personally screwed that up myself. Yeah, you did. Because you didn't uh, go that last night. Yeah, I didn't go that last night. Also... And I told you to go. I was tired of shit because I wanted to like be fresh for the morning for when we left. But I told you to go. I uh, so one of the other things was uh, I was kind of in and out of a toxic relationship. Mm. <laughs> God. All right, that's a story for another time. But yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a whole other story. But anyways, back to why we were in what what we were doing in Jersey. So. While we were there, we were like, yeah, like, you know, we got to go check out, we got to go check out uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Table Stash. Mm. Like, you know, it's an, it's not too far from here, but we're going to, we should go check it out. So we go down, so we go down to Red Bank, Red Bank, New Jersey. Nice, it's a nice drive down there. Like, you get to see Asbury Park, you get to see a lot of forestry. and Jersey's past- actually, like, really pretty. Yeah, it's really, really pretty. Good. Jersey gets a lot of slack, but it's really, really pretty. Well, I'm sure some parts of Jersey probably deserve it, but just like any other city, just like any other state, but the parts like, of Jersey get, that we saw were really pretty. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, North Jersey is kind of a shithole. Apologies. Yeah. Apologies to all my friends in North Jersey, but you know it's true. But you know it's true. <laughs> and so we, uh, yeah, we, so we went to Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, we went to Jane's side. Well, first thing we did was we actually stopped by the music store where Chasing Amy a lot of chasing Amy was filmed at, so, which which is right across the street from Jane Silent Bob's secret stash. Yeah. So we checked out the secret stash, and then, like, of course, because uh, Quick Stop is not too far from there. Like, of course, we had to go there. And like, it's just a convenience store. Like, it literally just is a convenient, and it's a lot smaller than I thought it was. But like, it's still like, you know, personally for me, like I. I don't want to say I overhyped it, but like, or because I don't want to say I want to, I don't want to overhype it, but like, it is a source of like, this is where like a literal nobody that had no connections to Hollywood whatsoever, that had no famous friends, basically made it on his own. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of the shit, like, that's where I basically, like, when I write, I like, I write, I try to write about stuff about that I know, experiences I, I, I go off of and like, or that I've lived through. And like one of my main projects is uh, going off of working, of, of like writing about a workplace that I've worked in. Um, and that's kind of like, again, like it was just a source of like, this is where, or like it was, it was a good um, marker of like, okay, like 
if something can happen from a shithole like this, no offense to the quick stop and no offense to Kevin Smith, but like if something can happen like something like that can happen in here and start in here, like there's a lot of potential for me from where I am, especially because I live in fucking Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if you could, if Kevin Smith could make it in, could make it out of a little convenience store in Highlands. <laughs> Oh, Rona, wow. in Highlands, New Jersey, like then you can make it anywhere. Yeah. Um. And you know it's it's funny because like you know I don't like I don't want to overhype it either, but like you know when we but the first time I went to New York, uh-huh. so me and my best friend Matt and my best friend's friend Mikey. Um, I he's my friend too. I just we we, we have a love hate relationship. Um. <laughs> We actually, so we went, we're in New York City. We didn't have a car. We didn't have a, we didn't have a car to go around. So what we did was we took, we took the uh, Jersey Transit from Penn Station Uh all the way into Red Bank. Yeah. And then we took a bus from, from Red Bank, New Jersey to the quick stop. Yeah. Like just to check it out. Which, by the way, New Jersey's buses are absolutely horrible when it comes to pricing. Because it's not based on it's not based on a single fare; it's based on where you're going to. Yeah. Which it's is interesting. Yeah, which is it's it's interesting. The guy was just like, we, you know, we're like, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, we're like, how much is it to get to Quick Stop? And he's like, he's like, just, just get in here, just get, just get in here. Oh, nice. So, you know, we stopped at the Quick Stop, and then. Uh, you know, for us it was just like, okay, cool. Kevin Smith can do this. Like, we can, we should be able to do this too. Like, come on. Yeah. And then we ended up taking a fifty dollar Uber ride back to the train. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so, um, now you, sir, recently got to check out the movie's pop up. Yeah. Um, what was that like? It was. It was actually kind of cool. Um, obviously, the experience isn't as... I don't want to say as good, but as obviously just... Like, everything is different in the time of COVID. Um, so my best friend, uh, Candy, um, she her legit name is Candy, with an I. Um, and she's not a stripper? She's not, no. Um, I love that woman so much. Um, but she is uh, literally one of my best friends, and she... Um, like anything to do with Kevin Smith, she she like tries to encourage me to do, um, including Kevin Smith himself. Um, so she's not she knows I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, and we both are foodies. Uh, we go out to eat all the time, or we used to at least uh, before we couldn't go out anymore. Um, so she took me out for my birthday, and uh, homegirl is fucking busy as shit. Uh, she uh works at an online marketing agency and so she's consistently in meetings and phone calls and stuff like that so like when we had gotten there we got there maybe like an hour late for our reservation and my friend was just like feeling she was feeling so bad because she's like oh my god like we got here late and like the food's gonna get cold because we made a reservation and stuff like that and like just from the jump the dude was like oh like we don't make the food here until you, until you get here so like you know you guys are good like as long as you guys get here like you know within like you know a certain time so like, you guys are fine. yeah so, like, the inside, it's actually pretty big, especially since there's no tables and shit like that. But, like, when you go in, like, you know, there's a the counter, and they have all kinds of merch and stuff like that. 
and then like off to the re- off to the left, like they have like the backgrounds, like they have the quick stop background, they have the RST video background, uh, they have the uh, like the the entrance for like the fashionable mail and shit like that, and then they even have like a counter for you to take pictures at for like the movies mm-hmm. counter. So I did a couple pictures, and then I took a couple pictures with her, um, and so uh, we both uh, tried different things from the menu. I got the um, of course I got the cock smoker chicken sandwich, uh, yes. and the hater tots. And uh, she got the cow tipper with hater tots as well. And then how um, were the hater tots? I gotta know. Hold on. We got also uh, originally she was gonna get the cookies and I was gonna get the cow pie brownie, but we ended up both getting cow pie brownies because they ran out of cookies. And then she got me a um, like they had like adult Capri Suns, mm-hmm. and so they were different flavors. I ended up getting like um, like a spiked lemonade. Um, the sandwiches themselves the food overall it it was all fucking delicious and like not just because like i'm a kevin smith fan like me and her legit were just like this food is really really good it was hot and fresh um and you know we were kind of expecting something mediocre because like to get like you know to get in there and for food it was all like 30 bucks each and then add-ons like it gets closer to like 80 dollars um but like it was legit worth it uh, and it's not like an everyday thing. It's obviously like a special kind of occasion thing, but it was yeah. really fucking good. The cock smoker sandwich, like it was a big chicken breast. It was it was crunchy. It had like a nice flavor and the slaw and the pickles in there were uh, pretty, uh, like they had a little kick, but it wasn't like overly spicy. Um, the cow tipper, uh, it, it was a three patty burger and my friend is a tiny girl. Uh, and she was just like, I had no, like, it didn't even, to her, it didn't even taste like three, like it was a triple decker burger. But it was, it was, she really liked it. The hater tots, that was really surprising because we were expecting, like, you know, whenever you get tater tots, you get like soggy ass tater tots after a while. These things say crisp. Like, they say super crisp, super in like tater tot shape. And they even had like this garlic, like, this garlic taste to them too. So they tasted like fancy ass tater tots. Nice. So that was delicious. The cow pie brownie. And I don't know if this was like by design, but like, I mean, it probably is by design. So like it's, it's a brownie, but like, it looks like it's indented. And it wasn't until I realized, Oh, like, Oh, this is supposed to be like cow shit. (laughs) You know, I think it's supposed to be a hoof. It's something. It looks like cow (laughs) shit. So it's the brownie, and so inside it's like chocolate chips, uh, chocolate sauce, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it tasted a lot like, like when you bite into it, like you can kind of taste brownie, but you taste a lot more butterscotch. Nice. And I was just like, is this supposed to taste like old man candy? Because he's about to turn 50? Like, I don't get it. Um, it was funny because like it took both of us like a minute to be like, oh, this is like really butterscotchy. But like the more we ate it, we're just like, okay, I get it. I can appreciate this. Um, but it was it was a really good. It was like I implore anybody that's out here. Um, right now it's closed down until um, the what is the fourth, fifth, sixth until the seventh. The seventh they reopen in Los Angeles, um, and then I think at sooner at some point they're going to move to a more a permanent location because I know he wants to make it permanent out here. Um, but if you're in Los Angeles or if you're coming out to Los Angeles, even though you shouldn't be flying. Um, I implore you to go and try it because I think it, it it's totally worth the money. Um, and so I, I even guess, got. Huh? I guess we should also wish Kevin Smith a happy birthday as well, since. Oh yeah, it was two days ago. My husband's birthday yeah. was two days ago. I guess it was. Uh, 
There's three important there's three important birthdays in August, and the only reason I remember them is because the first one is my girlfriend on the first, Kevin Smith on the second, and my cousin is today. Um but uh I so our and it's funny because like our food came in like paper bags, like everybody mm-hmm. else's. And like they also have like those those purple boxes that kind of look like happy meal boxes. But nice. they I think they only give them to you when you get like a bunch of desserts. Yeah. And so like my friend was just like, Oh, like is our coming? In, is our food coming in a box? Like you should get a box. I was just like, I don't know. I think it is, but I don't, I don't know. And so we saw it. We're like, oh, they're coming in bags. Like that's that's not as fun. They're like, you should go ask for a box. I was like, fuck it. So when we went to go get a food, I was just like, hey, it's my birthday today. Can I get a box? <laughs> I totally pulled the birthday card. And I was <laughs> like, all right, this was worth it. It's just a fucking cardboard box. It's a pretty sturdy cardboard box, but. It's a cardboard box, and I haven't put it together yet. I haven't like pulled it up. I want to like keep it like that for as long as I can. Like it's such a silly thing, but it's just like one of those like small little things that means a lot. It's 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 uh, it's the trivial things because you know that a lot of people say things. Oh, that's just trivial, but like those little things are means a lot. Yeah. All right. I think I am out of questions, sir, and we've been running at this for a while now. Because oh yeah. This yeah, this might be our longest episode. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, let's throw out our social needs. So you can reach both of us at... You can reach both of us at... Uh, you you know the podcast Twitter. TNTW Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook, apparently, unless he wrote it wrong. Nope, it's definitely right. And I am at pending257 on Twitter. And you could also go to, you could also go, if you want to support us, you could go to anchor.fm slash ndw slash support. And there's a button directly right there for you to throw money at us. And yeah. Make us dance. Somebody come get me. I'm dancing like a stripper. <laughs> Um, I don't want to regret that 10 years from now. You're definitely not going to regret that. Uh, you are... You are also... Blah, 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 blah. You can also find me on on Twitter, on my personal Twitter, as well as my Instagram at Eldonbrujo. That's E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. Um, would you call that an episode, Donald? I would say that that is a fucking disaster. 